You're listening to Midlife State of Mind Podcast, hosted by Aaron Beadle and Belinda Fleming, two gals who dish on all the challenges and opportunities that come with this middle section of your life. Each episode, you'll find yourself going between laughter and tears as they cover all the topics you need to know about midlife. Welcome back to Midlife State of Mind. We're your hosts, Aaron Beadle and Belinda Fleming. Thank you for joining in today. I want to say hello to all of our listeners in the land of down under. Good day, mate. We love you, Australians. Thanks so much for listening. It would mean a lot to us if after you listen to today's episode, if anything resonates with you, if you wouldn't mind giving us a five-star rating and a written review, it helps us with the podcasting algorithms, those pesky algorithms. So what are we talking about today, Belinda? The art of lying. Is there an art to lying, Erin? I don't know. I don't know if that might make it sound too nice. It's actually... Actually, I was going to say, art of lying sounds like a beautiful creation. And we, we don't want to aspire to <laughs> But I mean, it. Some, maybe some lies are an art form because they can be really elaborate, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking about lying from little white lies to bold-faced lies and all the shades in between. What I probably would rather focus on is celebrating the truth and how we can celebrate truth-telling in relationships and how we can spot lying and behaviors that go along with lying and how detrimental it can be to our relationships. It's definitely detrimental, but I do want to say one thing that I was doing some research online and trying to figure out why people lie, but really honestly which is a pun, (laughs) (laughs) from everybody lies from time to time, right? Because like, if you think of a little white lie, like let's just say if you go to someone's house and they cook for you and it's not your favorite dish, Mm -hmm. but you don't say, well, it could have used a little bit more basil or, you know, you, you, you you might say that to your partner. If after the dinner party, they really wanted to know, but you're not, but if you're at a friend's house, you're not going to say it could have used a little bit more salt. Instead, you're going to say that was really great. Thanks for having me over you're not going to you know tell the truth in that instance so there's certain times that I think not telling the full truth is a way to protect somebody's feelings well I think we're talking about two different kinds of lying and there are degrees of lying absolutely Um, I feel like today's episode will be a deeper dive into how it is hurtful for your intimate relationships how it's hurtful within a family dynamic that's the kind of focus today's deception and lying and different behaviors that go along with these patterns that can happen over over and over and over again but yes I 100% wholeheartedly agree with you on day-to-day of being kind to a stranger, being kind Sparing feelings, to, yes, essentially. That is right. a different set of circumstances than what we're focusing on Right. Today. We're focusing on, yes, the lies that break trust, not the lies that spare someone's feelings. One thing that is really kind of interesting to me is in the research that I was reading that lying is instinctive. They have shown through studies that children lie from a very young age. They've never learned it. They've never been introduced to it. It's almost an instinctual part of our humanity. It t- definitely is tied to ego and that protecting, which we hit on last yes. last week's episode. And so there are certain things that are intertwined that it can become more of a self. It's a, it's a self-defense mechanism sometimes because when you want to protect yourself from maybe an unpleasant situation, like we talked about taking responsibility if you have to give an apology or you want to protect yourself if you do make a mistake, you don't want to admit it. And that's what I think with kids, you're like, 
Sally, did you write on the wall? And Sally's like, no, it was my imaginary friend. And it's cute and it's, you know, interesting when that happens when your toddler does it. But what when it becomes problematic is when your middle schooler is still, you know, lying, lying about something. You. And so it is a character flaw. Right. And the sooner that you address it in your child or if you notice behaviors within yourself or your partner, it is truly detrimental. Very detrimental to sustaining long-term relationships. One of my children, I won't mention which one, (laughs) had a problem with lying. And what we would always say is that we always tried to really cultivate the ability for them to always tell us the truth without fear of repercussions. So if they did something wrong, own up to it. There still might be... A little bit of a consequence, but not nearly the amount. Exactly. But if you did something wrong and then you lie about it, I mean, that's just going to compound. You're going to be punished, not... Not just maybe disciplined, but maybe there's going to be a pretty severe punishment for a lie to cover up something. Mm -hmm. But we had one child who just was continually lied and it was usually to avoid taking responsibility or avoid punishment or it was a self-defense. Well, don't you agree that as parents you recognized it and you managed it, you you found steps to to work towards teaching them that, you know, this isn't really the right choice and it gives some different patterns of behavior and then hopefully they outgrew it, right? Yes, he did and I can say he since I have three boys so you won't be able to tell but we did everything that we could to try to correct the behavior right but that's just one thing about kids is they are their own people and they're going to do what they want whether or not you want them to Um, well I think the most important part of when you catch anyone in a lie that you care about their relationship and your relationship with them you should seek clarity you should actually call them out and say you know I'm really concerned I want to directly ask you you know why didn't you tell the truth or is there something that I've misunderstood And so really communicating assertively and being assertive about what you think may or may not have happened. And like you said, create this safe space where they can actually tell you the truth and not be scared or fearful of something happening to them if they do acknowledge the truth. So... Well, so what do you think about lies of omission? I do think that is another degree of lying that is very deceptive. It is a form of manipulation when you're not offering full disclosure, and it really erodes trust when the person eventually finds out that you gave a half disclosure or you omitted some very important detail. If that is a relationship within your family dynamic or partner that you're in a relationship with, over time that will completely erode the relationship. And if that is a pattern, it's extremely, that's a huge red flag in my opinion. What are your thoughts about it? I agree. I think maybe sometimes people lie by omission Again, maybe to spare feelings, or maybe it's like, I think in some families, we try not to have, I'm a real big, just by the way I grew up, of being confrontational about things. I don't ever want to have things that not be addressed. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm actually a little bit maybe too far confrontational when I should not be. I mean, like, sometimes I just have to beat a dead horse. I mean, I can't let it go because I want to make sure that this is, you know, being addressed. But I think sometimes lies of omission are, you know, sometimes in families there's lots of secrets. Let's just say that your brother went to prison and maybe your kids, you wouldn't tell them that. Or, you know, you'd say the uncle has gone on a trip or he's working overseas or whatever. So I think sometimes it's depending on the circumstances for the lie of omission when 
you have certain things that you want to keep from people. Mm-hmm. But well, I mean, I think in an intimate of... relationship, it definitely is a red flag. Right. And, you know, think about the whole premise of Santa Claus. I mean, I know that's a tough one. And I know families that have chosen not to tell their children that there is a Santa Claus. There are families who have a story of when when one or more of their children finally found out and their children were just devastated by it. Like, how is the whole world in on this, you know? Well, I have a funny story about that. So we did talk about Santa Claus in our house because, I mean, you know, to me it's just like a childhood rite of passage. And Garrett was told, my oldest, so he was the first, that there was no Santa Claus by a friend. So he asked me, Mom, do you believe in Santa Claus? And I said, well, what do you believe? So I would just try to turn it around. I would never say yes or no. What do you believe? And he said, well, I believe that there is a Santa Claus. And I said, okay, well, then that's what you should believe. You shouldn't let somebody else help make up your mind for you. And he would say, but I just want to know the truth. He was in kindergarten. I just want to know the truth. I said, okay, you want to know the truth? I said, there is no Santa Claus. Burst into tears, cries like crazy, not not because I had lied about Santa Claus, but because I had burst his bubble right. and told him that there was no Santa Claus. So then I'm like, well, crap, did I just ruin his childhood and he's going to have been therapy telling him about the time my mom told me when I was in kindergarten that there was no Santa Claus? Then the wheels start turning. Well, wait, what about the tooth fairy? Right. What about the Easter Bunny? And then they're like, my entire childhood is a lie. And those are the kind of children that grow up to when they have their own family. They make the decision not to tell their children there is a Santa Claus. Because they remember that. That felt very traumatic to them. Yeah. And so it does sound like, oh, this is just some innocent thing. Because, you know, children and their imaginations. And it is this magical thing. But then when you really find out, it really is quite devastating. Granted, as a society, Santa Claus is pushed. So it wasn't like we went out of our way to create this magical man that comes and gives you all these presents. It's like you can't turn around in society and not see Santa, Santa, Santa Claus. You know, there's movies made about it. So, I mean, I always had a policy of I would always answer questions truthfully to my children. I may not always offer the truth if they don't ask me for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, whether it's regarding sex or whether it's regarding drugs or whatever I was always very truthful if they asked me specific questions but I never gave them more information than they would ask if that makes sense well it's interesting because there was a movie that was really popular I think it was actually back in the 80s how to lose a guy in 10 days and Hollywood kind of glamorized this idea of being deceptive in a relationship and you know obviously the chemistry between Matthew McConaughey and um, Kate Hudson Kate Hudson was you know phenomenal and I mean I've watched the movie several times but what happens is that when you are watching it the premise is that they're both deceiving one another she's trying to write an article for her uh, magazine. magazine yeah and he's trying to win a bet basically and so what happens is that he's trying to make her fall in love with him and she's trying to see how many days it takes to lose him right so it becomes a comedy of romantic love comedy and in the end they do end up falling in love with one another and so what's so cute is at the end they are kind of like what you're, what Garrett did it was like well what about this and what about that was that is true? that true yeah or was that a lie you know what part of this was deceptive and what part of this is really who you are and so 
it sounds almost glamorized because of this movie, but if you're living that in your own intimate relationship, guess what? It can be very confusing. It can be very hurtful. It can be the reason that people get divorced. It can be the reason people end long-term relationships. And it weaves in this whole other aspect of what we call gaslighting. Gaslighting is sometimes prevalent when you have someone who's pathological liar or chronically lying or omitting truths mm -hmm. along the way because guess what if you become all the wiser of what's happening then they have to start using a different form of manipulation which is called gaslighting to make you believe their lies because well, they turn it around they, they flip it and it's like make you the bad guy they want you to doubt your perception and it involves lying or distorting the truth so that you question your own reality well that's what I was going to say if you do have ever had a pathological liar in your life I would imagine then it makes you doubt everything because if they lie about one thing then you're like have they lied about everything all along and then you start looking at everything and then they try to if they're gaslighting you try to make you seem like you're the crazy one you're taking it too far and basically mess with your head so it's exactly what you just said the dishonest partner resorts to covering up their lies and avoiding taking responsibility for their actions and they try to flip the script and they try to say oh why don't you trust me well you have every reason not to trust them but they're trying to make it that it's you not them it gets very confusing. Well, that's because they lie for manipulation. And usually pathological liars, they lie constantly to get what they want. And they care very little about others getting hurt along the way. Whatever end goal they want, it doesn't matter. It's kind of like there's going to be bodies on the battlefield regardless mm -hmm. for me to get what I want to win the war. And instead of having any regard for other people's feelings, for them, they just do whatever they have to do to get by. Well, it's really just destructive. It's I haven't ever known a pathological liar. Really? I've dealt with lying as a pattern. I don't know if it justifies being called pathological. I, honestly, I don't know what the measure is. Seven lies in a year? Or I, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the gauge is. If it's pathological, I guess it's just that if they just lie constantly to get what they want, regardless. So they're manipulating the situation. They're not lying to protect somebody's feelings. They're not lying to keep something a secret or a surprise. If it's like a surprise party that you're planning for your significant significant other then you don't want them to know and it's not even a lie to protect themselves it's a lie that they're using to manipulate so maybe that's what makes a pathological liar is somebody when they lie for manipulative purposes mm -hmm for personal gain, something in their own distorted view of themselves. I don't know. It is very complex, but I do believe we hear a lot about honoring our truth and we all want relationships that operate from a place of integrity. And we also value authenticity. So if someone is not being truthful or not being forthright, and you and I both are very forthright. You can see that as a strength. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, well, if I find out something, I'm going to look at it from every single angle and I'm going to address it until I feel comfortable that I 100% have the whole story. That isn't a bad thing. It really isn't. So having open communication, fostering an, an environment where people don't have to always be looking over their shoulder wondering, am I being deceived? That is a horrible way to live your life, thinking that the person that you love and care about is constantly deceiving you. There are some ways that you can deal with people that lie and people that are using gaslighting as a manipulative 
behavior. One is staying calm and when you catch someone in a lie or you catch someone trying to manipulate you, you try to remain calm and composed. Even writing it down so that later on they can't gaslight you is something that might be helpful. Another thing is just really being observant. Observant of that person and if it's your own child, if it's your own partner, if it's your own family member, an extended family member that you have contact with, it's really about then when you decide to address it with them, making certain you have concrete examples. So choosing the right time and place to talk to someone about it. And also what I had mentioned earlier about being assertive, like being very direct. If you want transparency, you have to be willing to give transparency in the relationship. It has to be this two-way thing. And then seeking clarity. We talked about one of our episodes was assuming. And remember, what does assuming do? Makes an ass out of you and me. Right. So always always seek clarity and then consider their response and really pay attention to how the person is responding to your concerns are they genuinely willing to change their behavior if it was an outright bold-faced lie and then I guess you have to decide if you want to continue a relationship with the person based upon after you've come to terms with figuring out that it was a lie how they respond to the lie and then moving on from there being in a relationship whether intimate or friendship with someone that's a pathological liar would be very hard because you would never feel like, I mean, there has to be an element of trust in deeper relationships. Well, I feel like professional counseling is definitely helpful in this kind of situation and always calling the person out when you do catch them in a lie. But at some point, you do have to reflect on the relationship. Right. I was going to say, if it's something that happens over and over and over again, it would almost be for your own protection that you would have to not have a relationship with that person because it would just be too detrimental to you. I agree. So addressing issues as they come up, having open communication, setting good boundaries, personal boundaries, seeking professional help when you need it, and just honoring that honesty and respect are absolutely essential to trust and maintaining the integrity of a supportive and loving relationship. So maybe for our listeners, asking them to think about maybe if there's been a time that they've caught themselves telling a lie recently and what were the circumstances of why they chose to lie, but then also reflecting on, you know, a time when someone's lie had a significant impact on their life and how it made them feel. And then deciding if you know that having someone lie to you has a negative impact on your life, that then you won't lie to them because you know it would have the same effect, you know, putting yourself in their shoes. I did have a couple of other questions to reflect on, too. Can we personally assess our own situation and our own relationship with the degrees of lying, the white lies, the bold-faced lies, and are there any recurring situations in our own life that we feel tempted over and over to lie? And what are the underlying motivations that might be driving that behavior? So that's a really big one to sit with, with your own self. It's easy to go, oh, you know, I catch Tom and lies all the time, but what about Belinda. What part is Belinda playing? Am I also living from this place of integrity or am I living a lie also? Some other significant things to think about. Think about a time when honesty was very challenging, but you did choose to be truthful. Right. Um, so how did that experience affect your sense of integrity when you were able to acknowledge, okay, I'm going to, instead of not you know, Taking the easy way out and lying. I'm going to have the I'm going to have the conversation. conversation. Yeah, that's a that's really a big one. The other one, last one, are there any significant times that you have found in your own life where you feel you could be more truthful with even yourself? 
That's one thing too, because we lie to ourselves. We lie to ourselves. I was going to say, I think what I do the most is I lie to spare feelings. Not so much outright lie, but I may not say something to spare someone's feelings. But what about, do you catch yourself lying to yourself about things? Are there little degrees of that? I don't think so. I think I'm pretty honest about my faults. I know, I mean, I am very, I'll tell you my faults. I pretty much know my faults. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure I have other ones. But I do think for me, my biggest challenge is just I'm, a people pleaser, helper. I like to be liked. And so, okay, so just even for instance, if I'm getting a massage, which I got one yesterday, and he was kind of hurting me, but I just don't say anything. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, why the hell are you doing that, Aaron? Just tell him stop. But I knew he was going to be done, so I just put up with it. Right. That's not necessarily a lie of omission, but I mean, it's kind of it's like... It's an example of not speaking up, though. Yeah, yeah. of just, you know, suffer through. Hopefully you guys got something that was meaningful out of our discussion today on honesty, embracing it, even when it's difficult, maybe challenging yourself this week to notice if you're always being truthful with others and yourself and just looking at the motivation of if you aren't, why you're doing it. And encourage some reflection and and just see how it affects your relationships when you are mindful of, of operating from that place of kindness and honesty. Thank you for joining in today, All Things Midlife with Erin and Belinda. Our podcast is a place where we can inspire each other to make positive changes, and we continue to embrace all that midlife has to offer. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next week. Bye now. Bye. This has been an E-Squared production.